If you have a Bible, and I hope you do, and if you don't, there's some Bibles available out in the lobby there. You can kind of walk out and, and look on the shelves there and grab one. But we're going to be, in, well, we're going to be all over the place. But I'll have you turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 is where I'm going to have you turn to. We will get there eventually, I promise. Um, those of you that haven't been here for a little while, um, it feels like I haven't been either. Uh, I had the last two Sundays, I had the privilege of being able to sit and have the Word of God preached to me here at Uniontown Bible Church as Andy Whitfield and Bill Brown brought the Word those two mornings. It was great, wasn't it great? It was great. So I, I, one of the things that I am thankful for, um, and I'm reminded of regularly, I am, uh, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't take as many opportunities as I can to sit under the preaching of God's Word. Uh, I believe that God uses the preaching of His Word in our lives to, to, to transform us and change us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and, and that's, that's why I do what I do. But if I was to never sit underneath that preaching, I would be a hypocrite. And so it was, it was great. The last two weeks was wonderful for me to sit. And I did, I have to admit, some of you got to see me run around. I felt like a man without a country there for a little bit. Um, I didn't know what to do. I got to say hi to people that I haven't seen like, in like eight months. That was fun. Um, but, but I am. I, am. I, I left the last two Sundays with my soul filled full. And so I am, I'm grateful for that. I, it's caused me to be grateful and to be reminded that I am grateful for a church that values the teaching and preaching of God's Word. And so we're going we're gonna to celebrate that. So today we start the series with the coolest background ever. It's like this, this creepy looking thing, isn't it? Um, we're beginning a series, and this is why. DNA. So, so I, I actually did look up DNA to try to give you the scientific background of it so that I might appear smart. I couldn't even understand the Wikipedia page, which meant it wasn't going to happen. Um, so basically, long and short is this. The DNA of all of us is, is, what, makes, it, what's, is what makes you you. Okay? It's the, the genetic code in the very fabric of your being. It's been passed on to you by your parents, your grandparents, and that, that genetic code is uniquely yours. And it's what God has given to you to, to make you be who he's created you to be. With that in mind, the next four weeks, what we want to do is talk about the DNA of Uniontown Bible Church. It sounds really exciting, doesn't it? Well, let me, let me start with this. One of the key components of the DNA of Uniontown Bible Church is, is what makes us us in the eyes of the state of Maryland. And let me tell you, that is the most boring thing in the world in the last year, the pastor's elders have been working together, going over the bylaws and constitution of Uniontown Bible Church, working on a, a major revision and rewrite of the constitution and bylaws, and um, it has been thrilling. Um, but I am really excited to say that the bulk of the work is finally done. Uh, the elders have made their final approval on what we will present to you in the form of a motion in the next weeks and months of a new constitution and bylaws. That's the DNA of who we are as a church, how we do business, what we believe, and, and it is. It is the most ungrace-filled, mushy document you've ever seen, but it's what the state requires and mandates of us, and so we work through that. So just uh, by way of a little bit of information, what's going to happen is next weekend, by next weekend, you will have a copy of the Constitution Bylaws as a member of Uniontown Bible Church. We're going to encourage you to read through it so that you can endure the torment that we went through when we had to write it. And then uh, we are going to have four separate question and answer times. 
times for any of you to come sit down and ask the elders and pastors questions about what you read there, what you think it says, uh, clarification questions, etc., etc., etc. And then the last Sunday in February, which I believe is the 28th, I don't have the date, but we, we, our bylaws right now say we're supposed to tell you two weeks in advance. We're, we're almost six weeks out right now, so I, I don't feel bad for maybe getting the date wrong. Um, the last Sunday in February, that evening, we're going to meet as the membership of Uniontown Bible Church to vote on the Constitution and bylaws. Um, I'm just thankful that that part's almost done because, quite honestly, narcolepsy set in pretty quick when you started working on that stuff. Um, but that's the DNA of who we are according to the state. The DNA of who we are as a church in God's eyes has nothing to do with the state. It has to do with God. And so what we want to do over the next four weeks is kind of unveil to you what you're actually going to see a little bit in the Constitution and bylaws. Not, not, not as much in that as much as maybe the first page of it is included there. And it's these four different avenues, four different aspects of Uniontown Bible Church that we are taking directly from God's Word and believe it is what He wants us to be in this moment, in this place as Uniontown Bible Church. So the first week, today we're going to look at our purpose. The next week we're going to look at our mission. The following week we're going to look at our vision and then we're going to end the series by looking at our core values. So just kind of lay that out, what it looks like for, for, for the, the purpose is, why are we a church? The, the mission is, what has God called his church to do? Our vision is, what, what does it look like for Uniontown in this moment to do what it is that God has called us to do? And then the, the core values are, so what are we going to emphasize as we go about those things? One of the things that excited me the most as we began this process and trying to do the rework and understanding and, and praying through it and working through it, the thing we kept coming back to as a team was we need this to flow out of Scripture, which that's a good thing. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, if it's Scripture, it's God's Word, it's perfect. If it's us coming up with it, I mean, the elders are pretty amazing, but they're not perfect. I had to throw the amazing part because technically they're my boss too. So I just want to, you guys do that at work too, don't you? Nothing. All right, good. All right, that's going to come up on my review, I'm sure. I'm just kidding. Pandering 101. Um, so here, I'll share this with you. This is funny. At least I think it's funny. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Um, without, being preaching, without preaching the last two weeks, um, this is not a lie. I had a dream about a week ago that I was standing here in front of you preaching. And I have a little countdown clock that sits up there, and, and you all know I ignore that mostly. Some of you know that I ignore it second service more than I do first service, particularly those of you that work in the children's ministry second service. Um, but in my dream, I was preaching, and when I looked up, I was shocked to see the actual clock said 1045. And, and at about the same moment as I saw that I had preached a good 45 minutes longer than I was supposed to, um, somebody in this general area over here stood up and started clapping while I was finishing up. I think it was John Gillis, but I'm not sure. So I'm not sure how to take that. Either it was applause for the amazing truths that were flowing from me, or it was, praise God, he's finally finished. Um, as, as God would have it, um, as I prepared for this, that came to mind a few times because of this. The purpose of Uniontown Bible Church, as we see it throughout Scripture, is this. We exist as a church to bring glory to God. 1045 is not merely long enough. I could go till two tomorrow. As I sat down, and I've said this to a bunch of people, it's like, this is great. So basically the message should be, we exist as a church to bring glory to God. We might as well just pray now. 
Because it doesn't matter where you look in Scripture, you will always find that that is the very purpose of God's people, to bring God glory. How do we bring him glory? We bring God glory by highlighting what is already his. We bring God glory by, by focusing and celebrating and displaying and proclaiming his glory, looking at who he is already, how he has revealed himself to us in his word. And we view that and we, we highlight what already is. Now, I think one of the problems of many churches and many institutions is this. We, we have come to the place where we think we're supposed to examine God with a microscope. And, and that's all fine and good. We should do some microscopic work. We should be doing some theological work. We should be getting into the nitty-gritty and digging down to the basic level. The problem is when you view God with a microscope, what you have just admitted is that you think you're bigger than him. See, instead, the way we bring glory to God is we get out the biggest telescope we possibly can. And we just keep gazing at him through it. In fact, I think the first way that as a church, we need to focus on, on, on bringing God glory is by celebrating his glory well. I mean, what, one place that we see God's glory everywhere, um, it's, it's Psalm 19, verse 1. It says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. So, so we can see the very glory of God and celebrate his glory as we take time. And I'm going to encourage you again Stop for just a while. The, 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 the saying is, stop and smell the roses. Um, I went to a private school, boarding school. We had an open septic system. We used to call it the roses. That means something completely different to me. I mean, stop. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. The reason we rest is we can rest when we know the job is done. In Christ Jesus, the job is done. Rest. Stop. Look, look, look at the sunset. I'll start with the easy one. Most of you are awake during the sunset. Venture out at night, not just to take the trash out, but on purpose to go look at the stars. Watch the moon as the clouds dart in front of it. All right, now get up early in the morning. Look to the east. And watch when that dark sky begins to change color. This, this royal blue, this purple, then this fuchsia, and this pink, and orange, and then with all of its blazing glory, the sun comes over the horizon. See, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. We can see the, the glory of God and should celebrate the glory of God as we view what it is that he's created around us. And that's, that's more than just big scale universe. You, you, want, you want to be amazed at the very glory of God. We had a, a friend, um, friends of ours just had a baby the other night. You want to celebrate the glory of God? Stop for a moment and look at a newborn. You want to take that another level? Stop for a moment and look at the newborn's fingerprints. Unique, one of a kind, not duplicated. See, the, 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 and I'm going to get off on this, but that's okay. The, 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 the argument is that after billions and billions of years, all of these things just sort of happen. Folks, let's, 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 it's the likelihood of that happening. Let's, let's, I don't have enough faith for that to happen. 
I don't, because that would be like saying, I'm going to get a bag, and I'm going to grab my wallet right now, and I'm going to take my wallet, I'm going to take all the things out of my wallet, and I'm going to stick it in a bag, and I'm going to shake it for six billion years. And when I pull it out, my wallet will be put back together the way it was when I put it in. I don't have faith enough to believe like that. Forget watching this little infant being born miraculously with fingerprints that will never be duplicated. And what's crazy is as we think about celebrating the glory of God, I, lo- I love in Job 26, I'm just going to kind of reference this real quick for you. I know I told you First Peter 2, we're going to get there, I promise. But, but as you, you think about Job and all the things that Job is going through and all of the, 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 the conflict that's happening, not just between Job and God, but between Job and his friends, and his friends have given him terrible advice yet again, and then Job gets to the place where he begins, even in his struggle and his wrestling and his, his pain in Job 26, he begins to testify to the magnificence of who God is. And he, and he says, Listen, this is God, verse 7, he stretches out the north over the void and he hangs the earth on nothing. He binds up the waters in his thick clouds, and the cloud is not split open under them. Think about that for a moment. That's, that's, that's actually like a cloud that has like water in it, you know? How does it float and not drench us every time it comes across us? He's inscribed a circle on the face of the waters at the boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble. They're astound, astound, started astounded, there we go, at his rebuke. By his power, he stilled the sea. By his understanding, he shattered Rahab. By his wind, the heavens were made fair, and his hand pierced the fleeing serpent. But look at verse 14. Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways. And how small a whisper do we hear of him. Power of his thunder, who who can understand See, we keep studying, we keep discovering, we keep shooting things into the sky so that they can send pictures back to show us how awesome we are. But every report is this, you are small. But God, who holds the universe in his span, is mighty. So how do we bring glory to God? We bring glory to God by celebrating his glory. And that's, that's amazing. That's wonderful. We do that in nature and we can do that. But let me ask you a question. How in the world do we find a God who's that big? How, how can we possibly find this God who holds everything in the palm of his hand? How, how do we get to him? Well, see, that's another reason we can celebrate the very glory of God. Because the good news is that he found us. His glory is seen in Jesus. In Colossians, it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In Hebrews 1.3, it says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory, is the exact representation of His being. He sustains all things by His powerful word. And after He had provided purification for sins, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. See, see, and because of that purification that Jesus brought for us by, by God coming to us in his son, Jesus Christ, by that purification that Jesus has brought to us, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. You know why? Because, because Jesus did what none of us could do. He kept the law perfectly and he died as our perfect sacrifice. So we celebrate God's glory. We celebrate what it is that he's done. I, I'm just gonna, let me run through this real quick for you. We are glory thieves, 
That, that's, that's one of our most basic and foundational sin problems is we love to steal the glory for ourselves. You see that go all the way back to Genesis chapter one. You see that God has created us in his image, male and female, he created them. So, so we are created in God's image. What is an image to do? It is to be a representation of the one who has created it. And so we are supposed to do well in image and even mirror the God who created us and his glory. And yet in Genesis chapter three, Satan comes to Eve and says, you know, if you eat, You're not going to die right away. See, if you eat, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God. And so the one who was created in God's image for God's glory, Isaiah 43 tells us, looked at the option that the serpent was giving to her, that Satan was giving to her when he said, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. And she said, I'm going to get me some of that. And she took a bite of the fruit trying to get glory for herself. It wasn't hers. You see it again just a few chapters later. You go to Genesis chapter 11. You've got all these people who have gathered together and they're talking to one another like, let's let's, let's build this huge city and let's build a tower on the top of it that reaches into the heavens so that what? We can make a name for ourselves is what they say. And you know God reaches down at the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 and scatters the languages and they disperse from there and it's, now difficult for them to communicate with each other. See, we we continue to try to steal God's glory, but even though God could step in and just take the glory that is his rightfully, instead, look at at the Genesis 11 one. So the Tower of Babel happens and he scatters the people. Those people who had come and said, let's make a name for ourselves. And in Genesis chapter 12, God reaches down and says to Abram, Abram, I want you to leave your country. I want you to go to a place I, I will show you and I will make your name great. See the difference there? It's slight, but it's important to notice. In Genesis 11, the people are going to make their own name great. Let's, let's make much of ourselves. And God says, Abraham, little Abraham, who has no family and no hope and no future, let me come alongside and make your name great. So that way when people look at you, there's no question who did it for you. Who's going to get the glory then? Not Abram, but God himself. And you fast forward thousands of years and we continue to try to make much of ourselves. And even though God had every right to wipe us out, because we're being glory thieves, because we're trying to steal what's rightfully God's, instead he offers us redemption. Look at First Peter chapter 2. I'll read starting in verse 10. Sorry, I'll start reading verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, the the infinite An almighty and powerful God found us in that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. So how do we give God glory? How do we bring God glory? We celebrate what is already his. We highlight the traits that are already his with that that great telescope as we pointed at him and we celebrate God for his glory and what he's done for us and we take time to simply rest in it, to enjoy it celebrate. Turn a couple pages, 1 Peter chapter 4. 
Another way that we bring God glory is this. Not only do we celebrate his glory, but we display his glory. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. As each one of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, speak as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Um, Before I get to my point, something just stood out to me, which is dangerous, because this is the stuff that brings the 1045. Um, I think it says something. That whenever Peter gets to this point, he said, I want you to, to speak like you're speaking for God so that, it, it, that God can be glorified through Jesus Christ. As soon as he begins speaking about glorifying God and starts talking about Jesus Christ, there is all of a sudden he can't help himself. The very name of Christ leads him to this doxological moment. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. But for us, I think too often the name of Christ has become something we're blind to. If we truly understood what glory we are to celebrate and what it is that Jesus has done for us, if we were truly to understand how far God went to reach us, if we truly understood the greatness and glory of God, then every time the name of Christ was mentioned, we should get weak in the knees. We should be overwhelmed by what he's done for us. Let's be overwhelmed. Seems to be a theme of the morning, doesn't it? All right. Um, Another way that we bring God glory is we display his glory. Uh, I actually really, this this is a a fun little passage right here. He he talks about how it doesn't matter what you do. All of you have got gifts. I want you to serve each other with those gifts. And uh, as you speak, I want you to take it seriously. Speak like you're speaking for God. As you serve, I want you to serve like God is the one who's empowering you and motivating you to serve. I want you to make sure you do that. Why? So that in everything, God may be glorified. So that God gets the glory. See, we display God's glory by being faithful with what it is that God's given to us. Right? So so how does a star, excuse me, display God's glory? By being a star. How does a tree display God's glory? By being a tree. How does a a pig display God's glory? You know, bacon. (laughs) I mean, a flower, it's beauty. A lion, it's roar. It's a lion. I mean, so so really what we do is we display God's glory by being faithful with what it is that God has given us. Man, we, you and I, we can't recreate the world. We can't make the world, but God's not asking us to create the world. He's asking us to take what he's given to us and to use it. So, so listen, there's, there's people here who the greatest display of God's glory coming from you is going to be the fact that you can make a dress. The greatest display of God's glory for you is going to be that you know how to roast coffee. The greatest display of God's glory in you is the fact that you are, you're able to care for the sick because you've studied medicine, that you can bring a cure, that you can create the, the, the drawings for a building, that you can write a song, that you can make a business work, that you can teach a kid's class, that you can work in the nursery, that you can change diapers, that you can serve your community, you can coach a team. 
or 10,000 other things. Why do we think it has to be something that involves a robe, a bald head, and going home? <laughs> okay, that was, I'm not sure how I feel about that clapping, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, we're going to get to that, so keep that in mind. Honestly, that's part of the next point. We, 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 we so have messed this up. We have so gotten in the very way of what it is that God intends for us. We have so complicated it, haven't we? Man, you, where do you live? That's where God wants you to display his glory. You got to do shopping on your way home today. Praise God, I may run into your food line. It seems to be the place we all hang out afterwards. But while we're there, we should be there. Displaying God's glory is going to lead me to another rabbit trail. I've got to be careful, but... While you're there, be there. Please understand when I say this. This is not a knock on anybody in particular. One of the greatest harms that super accessible internet and technology has done to us is the fact that we have ceased to be present. And what it is that God has called us to is to be present where he's placed us. And when we are present in our community, in our schools, in our workplaces, when we are present in our homes and in our neighborhoods, when we are present as we travel around and do business, then, then it gives us the opportunity to do something that, that very few other people can do. We can display the very glory of God as he has worked in us and through us. Oh, yeah. So Matt, that's, that, that's the salt and light. That's Matthew 5, salt and light. You are salt. You are light. I heard this, this message a couple months ago. You are salt. You are light. It's not like, go be salty. Some of you got that figured out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Names will not be mentioned. Man, no, no, no. It's saying you are. What it is is that God has left you in this place to be a, a flavoring agent, a preserving agent. He's made you a light and left you there to be light because this is a dark place. And you don't take a light and hide it in a closet. Man, you turn the light on so people can see it. And when you do that, you are salt, you are light, and in so doing, you bring glory to God. That's why we talk about 1 Corinthians 10.31 so much. It's also one of the easiest Bible verses of all time to memorize. So, so, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And that's what it is that God's called us to do, is, is to display his glory as we live. I, I think one of the problems that we have had in a church culture, and I, I don't mean Uniontown, I mean kind of American church culture, is that we have made the, the, the mission of Jesus Christ an add-on to our regular life. And we don't have time for that. I'm busy. I got things to do. I don't have time for that. And that's not the point. The point is, as you go, be on point. Be on task. Display the very glory of God. That's how we bring him glory. We bring him glory by celebrating his glory. We bring him glory by displaying his glory. And I'm going to end back in 1 Peter 2. <laughs> we bring him glory by proclaiming his glory. I, um, I love the fact that Peter makes it very obvious um, what his point is at times. So in verse 9 of 1 Peter 2, he makes it crystal clear. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a people for his own possession. So if you stop right there, what it is, he's saying, listen, God's got every claim to you. He has come for you. He has redeemed you. He has rescued you after he has pursued you. So God has every claim on your life. Why? Oh, you know, so, so, so that I can live a comfortable life. So that I know I'm not going to hell. So that I get to join this awesome church and hang out with awesome people. So that I can have something to do on Sunday morning because I've got nothing else better to do. So that I can, no, 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 stop. Because that's not what he said. He said, you have been claimed by God. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The whole purpose behind you being redeemed, rescued, and ransomed is so that you could open your mouth. So that you could proclaim the wonderful things that God has done for you. The excellencies, the the majesties, the, the overwhelming thoughts of what God has done to redeem you and to rescue you. You have been called to proclaim his glory. So how do we do that? Well, there, there's a number of very practical ways, and, and I'm going to break them into two. So the first one is as we gather together as a church. So as we come together on Sunday mornings in particular, okay, in in a Sunday morning gathering, we we proclaim the excellencies of God to each other. We do that through singing, don't we? We do that through singing sacred music. Um, This is not a concert. Sing. Um, sing. Doesn't have to be pretty. Has to be truth-filled. And that's what we've got. 1 Corinthians 14 tells us as his church gathers together, there's three audiences of our worship. Primary audience is God. God hears the worship that comes from our mouths. The secondary audience is each other. We should be singing in such a way that we're encouraging the hearts of those around us. Third audience, our unbelievers. Those who come into the place and think, you guys have lost your mind. And what we do is say, yes we have, la la la, sing. Sing, when you're happy you sing. Now that's probably not true for everybody. You're commanded to sing and make a joyful noise. It doesn't have to be a pretty noise, so make it loud at least. Come alongside me. So we sing. Here's another way we proclaim the excellencies while we gather together. We talk back in a sermon. I mean that. And it gets boring sometimes. I can't tell some of you are paying attention, and you know, I'm not one to call you out, but one of these days, it may happen. I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> there's something, there's, it is so fun. I love amens, I like hallelujahs, I like mmms. Um, stand up and wave if you need to, that's cool. Um, I particularly enjoy when somebody yells preach it because I tend to respond, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but that's right. It's, it's, it, because this isn't, I mean, come on. I, you guys know me, this, I'm, I am not a formal guy. I mean, I went all out today. That's right, that's just, you know, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, Here's the deal. When you shout an amen or you applaud or you do whatever, you stand up and hoo hoo or whatever you want to do, <laughs> um, guess what? I don't walk out here like, yeah, I got it. I walk out here and think, praise God, they're paying attention because what has happened all week is the word of God has whooped me. 
And all I'm trying to do is bleed out. And if you just get a little bit of a glimpse of what it is that God's trying to communicate to you, then I can go home and lay my head on the pillow and say, okay, God, I did what I could. The rest is up to your spirit and to their hearts. And one day I'm going to stand before him. You know what God's going to do? He's not going to judge me based on how entertaining I am or how well I dress. He's going to say, did you faithfully proclaim the excellencies of my majesty? So that's what I'm trying to do. So talk back in a sermon. You're allowed, I promise. You may distract me and everybody else may be like, dude, we were almost done. Sit down. It's all good. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Another way that we, we proclaim the excellencies to, to, to bring glory to God is when we gather together, we work intentionally. And this is, let's, let's, I'll shoot straight. This is going to come out at some point in the next couple of months. We need to do better at this. Discipleship and mentorship. We need to be investing in each other. See, my goal, I just kind of mentioned it a little bit. My goal is to, to pour out all of these truths that God has continued to teach me so that you dive into them and carry them even further. Discipleship, mentorship is, is sharing the joy of the excellencies of God and investing in the lives of those around you. Um, Psalm 145 says to proclaim these, um, I'll, I'll call them the excellencies of God, from generation to generation. Unfortunately, I think what ends up happening for many of us is our younger generations sit on their hands and they wait for the older generations to come and proclaim the excellencies. Two things. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves as older generation. We need to be pursuing these young people and pouring into them. But the second thing is this. Yeah, you can clap on that one. That was good. The second thing is this. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that the younger generation can't pour into the older generation. See, God's faithful to all generations, so may they continue to, to proclaim them. And so, so as we gather, we faithfully proclaim the excellencies of God, so, so we bring him glory when we do that with each other, when we sing, when we talk back in a sermon, when we work on discipleship and mentorship. But then, but the second side of that is we also proclaim the excellencies when we, when we, we'll call it scatter, just to make it different, when we leave this place, when we get ourselves off this hill, and we go and we, we go tell the world about the one who brings light and mercy to those who are still in darkness. Um, <laughs> this one might get me in trouble. Why not? Problem is, this one's not in the word, so I could get in trouble. We sell things all the time, don't we? I mean, let's be honest. I've muted a few of you on social media. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think I have. My wife has. Blame her. I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, I'm happy. I love the fact that you find, found the, the greatest hair care product in the world or whatever the newest thing is and you're trying to sell it. Praise God for you. But okay, that's cool. That's cool. Whatever. But we sell it, right? We sell it. And I'm going to be honest with you. If, if I ever find something that causes us to regrow, you're going to have to mute me. So I'll be honest because I'm going to sell it because if it makes a difference in my life, then I am not going to shut up. I will not shut up. And, and that's, that's a good thing. That's a noble thing. That's a right thing. The problem is somehow we've been brought from darkness into light and we've sat there like this. How could we do that? So for a moment, close your eyes. And imagine that this is all you've seen your entire life. And you've tried everything possible, but this is it. Until that one day, 
when one came along and opened your eyes. And as you open your eyes, what a difference. It was great. Before we came out this morning, um, Jason Tate prayed for us, and he made mention of it. He's exactly right. It's about contrasts. And we forget how much contrast exists in our life right now compared to what it was like before Christ. We bring glory to God by celebrating his glory. We bring glory to God by displaying his glory. We bring glory to God by proclaiming his glory because there is not a single man who was born blind and now sees that is mute about it. How about you? How about you? So the very foundation of who Uniontown Bible Church is at the very core of our DNA is a driving, motivating factor to give glory to the only one who deserves the glory. The God who created us. The God who is magnificent and mighty in power. The God who is omniscient and omnipresent. The God who is, 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 is merciful and gracious and kind and just and jealous and wrathful. the God who found us. May we give him the glory. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for your word and for your willingness to communicate to us. I thank you for the truths we find in your word, the reminders of how much you loved us. Lord, as we look at your word, as we study it, as we flip through it, Father, what we find over and over and over again is that the reason we were created was to bring you glory. And we mess it up every day. God, we need your strength to bring you glory. We need your grace in the moments where we have, we have failed you. We need your mercy. But God, I, I think above all, we just need to be reminded of the marvelous light that is Jesus Christ. Father, may we faithfully bring you glory, not just today. I pray that this church would bring you glory for years and years to come. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.